welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. This week, my friends, I've been talking about how interest rate changes are going to affect the multifamily investment world. And I'm starting to get emails coming in now with very specific higher-end type questions about where this thing is going. Questions and, and that are probably a little above the average person's understanding of the industry, but I'm going to go ahead and try to deal with them. But before I deal with the questions that I'm getting, I'm going to also bring you up to date on what's going on and also explain to you not only what's going on, but why it's difficult to actually ascertain what's going on and what it will do to the marketplace with these changes that are occurring. Um, I think it's important to understand that, you know, everything is is my opinion of what's going on and what will be going on, although I try to blend some facts into it also. The reality is, is I go mostly by what I've done in the last 32, 33 years of investing. I've seen a lot of stuff go on. And the fact that I've got like 50,000 clients, which means that, when they're out there sticking their toe in the water and taking action, I hear the good, the bad, and the ugly. I get the feedback from these people saying, wow, I thought this was going to happen, so I tried this and it didn't work out very well, or wow, I tried this and it worked really well. So I get a lot of in, a lot of feedback that gives me massive insight into what's going on. Insight you would never get if you're an individual investor that's just going out there and trialing error on your own. because. This is mass trial and error out there. So one of the questions that someone asked me was along the lines of, well, you know, how smart are your investors and, you know, are they smart enough to figure out how to change uh, their investment strategies and their underwriting for these types of deals as the marketplace changes? And I'm going to go into that into a second. The other one is um, how do you see the marketplace changing and how will you affect uh, the changes in your investment strategies and so on and so forth. So it's really two different questions, actually, because what I do doesn't mean my investors are going to do or the people that I teach to invest are going to do what I do. Um, they've got their own opinions. and They've got their own abilities to make decisions out there. So they're really two different questions that we're going to have to address differently. So let's start at the beginning for people just turn, tuning in that haven't been listening to me all week. And let's go with what's going on. Right now, inflation is massively high. And as I predicted yesterday, inflation's not going away in any short term. And if you want to listen to that yesterday's podcast, you'll get an idea of what I mean by that. But I don't see inflation going away. Uh, Democrats talking about, well, you know, it was momentary inflation. They were just out of their mind. They have no idea. Went into a really long explanation of that, so I'm not going to cover it again today. So I think it's going to be long term. Secondly, I think it's going to get deep, but not as deep 
as it could get if the Fed wasn't just instantly on top of it. And they are trying to kick it in the booty. They are hitting it hard. And you need to know that the Fed has almost never in the past raised interest rates as high and as rapidly as they are now. So that's a good thing. It's a good thing for inflation, fighting inflation, It's a difficult challenge for people out there trying to buy stuff. Remember, inflation is when there's too much money chasing too few goods. And they're trying to slow down how much money is available to go out there and buy goods. So that means people who want goods are not going to be able to buy those goods. And there's going to be pent up buying Envy, in other words, other people got it, I didn't get it. There's going to be pent-up buying frustration. I can't get what I need. I need this stuff to be able to repair something, to build something, to do something. Uh, you know, it's not just I want it, I need it, but I can't get it. And investments are going to change because the whole, really, parameters of the investments are being changed for you by changing interest rate structure. So with all that said, which is a whole lot of nothing other than, hey, guess what? This isn't an easy thing. This is going to be a big deal. It's going to happen and continue to happen for a longer period of time than most people think. And you better hunker down to understanding what is going to actually happen from all of this. Fed has now figured out that the... uh, Inflation has gone up to 8.5% annually. Uh, I said yesterday that that's probably about 16% if you calculate it the same way they did back in Jimmy Carter years, and that's where they were at. And what you have to understand was back in Jimmy Carter years, interest rates went all the way up to 12%. Right now, they're at 5.8% out there for what we're doing, investing in apartments and uh, single-family houses are pretty much 5.8 is the number we're looking at right now, up from 3.8 a year ago. So, and actually, I think 2.8 two years ago. I mean, I, I don't know the exact dates of when these numbers were hit, but we were down in the, the low threes, and some deals were getting adjustable rate mortgages into the twos. That's gone. It's all gone. So what effect is this going to have? on everybody as as you look into this stuff. And that's what we're really trying to cover today. So I got an article pulled up here by Forbes, which is basically titled, How Interest Rate Increases Impact Multifamily Investments. And it's got two segments to it. The first one is three ways inflation can affect multifamily investment landscape. And the second segment is five multifamily investors, five ways multifamily investors can prepare for that problem. So let's talk about the three ways, first of all, that they talk about it's going to affect it. Number one, debt is more expensive. Well, that's pretty obvious. You go out there to buy a mortgage, right? It's going to be more expensive. So investors are going to have to use less debt, which means they're going to have to put more down to be able to buy something at the price that the seller wants you to buy it at. Or the seller's going to have to lower the price. Uh, the market dynamics 
the change in that is going to be significant. For example, transaction volume could fall or investors could opt to hold properties for longer, preferring to wait for a better selling market. So people like myself who are financially stable, our apartment complexes have fixed interest rates that are not going anywhere. We're just going to sit on it and we're going to continue to make money. We're going to continue to rent those units. We're going to continue to um, have profits. And this interest rate increase isn't going to bother us at all. It's It's not going to affect me, guys. Being financially secure, the day-to-day purchase of items that are inflating are not going to hurt me either. So whether you realize it or not, there are different financial stratas in our society. And the people that are really getting hurt by this inflation are going to be the poor people, which is categorically interesting because the Democrats claim to be the party of the poor people and the middle class and so forth. And they're just destroying the middle class and the poor people with all their policies. So the first thing is debt prices are going up. That means your credit cards are going up. Interest rates, your auto payments are going up. If you buy a new home, that's going to be harder to do. All of these things are going to be affected, and they're going to start changing the marketplace. Well, I, they actually already have started changing the marketplace. And you're going to see that as we get going into this, you're going to run into a second phase of this inflationary problems that I'm going to talk about when we get back from the break. We also have... Another problem, which is variable rate mortgages that people have signed up for, both for single-family and multifamily deals, are also going to start having problems. Today we're talking about how interest rate increases are affecting multifamily, and we're taking it one step further from yesterday's talk, which was similar, but I hope to add a little bit more discussion to it, in that what is going to happen on the ground? What are you going to see? And as a buyer out there, you're going to find brokers. Now, remember, a broker gets paid to sell something. If nothing sells, then they make no money. There's no commissions. So brokers on the side of the sellers for this reason, because if they don't tell the seller they can get what they want, they won't get the listing. And especially in multifamily, if you don't have the listing, you're not going to get paid because there's very few buyer brokers in commercial real estate. I own a company that has buyer brokers, but we're one of the few out there. Mostly the listing agents, listing brokers get the deal. They get the commissions, right? They get first shot at their customers with those deals. So single family house is a little bit different, but the bottom line is this, is that if you want, if you're a listing agent by nature and you want the listing, you got to tell the seller pretty much what they want to hear. Well, that's a lie at this point. Now they're lying to the seller about what they can really get, just like they lied to the buyer, they lied to the seller. And I don't mean to be rude about it, but that's what salesmen do. Salesmen lie. And they misrepresent things that aren't facts. They don't have to use facts. They can use, well, this is what's going on. It's an ambiguous set of circumstances. They can wrap their ideas around and tell you what they want to tell you, right? So they're going to tell the sellers, yeah, we're still getting sales all the time. You know, the prices haven't fallen that much. Whereas the truth of the matter is what they're doing is they're listing properties at higher prices than what what they know they can get for them. And uh, then when people make offers on them and they tie them up into 
deals and the people are retrading the deals and taking the prices back down. Now, that's what we see happening in Houston and Dallas and other big city markets. In the smaller markets, I'm being told from my both my mentors and my real estate companies, in the smaller markets, the brokers don't have the, the, the ability to play those games, and they've pretty much already conceded that when they tell people, you know, what, what can I get from my property, they've conceded that you're going to get less. Now, how much less? I'm seeing between 10 and 30% discounts from what they were just three to six months ago. And brokers aren't going to tell you that. They go, there's no way it's 30%. There's no way it's 20%. I'm, I know they're not going to tell you that. I own real estate companies. How many? I counted them the other day, by the way. I am 10 different states I have real estate companies in. 10 different states. And I'm telling you, even though I own real estate brokerage firms, which means we'd like to sell some real estate, um, <laughs> the truth of the matter is the prices are going down. And uh, if the broker's not telling you that, they're not being straight with you. They're messing with your brain. So that's the first thing that's going to happen. In the small markets, the prices have already come down. And they may come down even more. In fact, I think the prices have to keep coming down because what you're going to run into, the headwind for these guys, is that the interest rates on these adjustable rate mortgages are coming due. And there's no way. I was talking to my consultants yesterday. There's no way you can underwrite and qualify when you have an adjustable rate mortgage where you got in where the interest rates are 2 or 3%, and now they're 5.8%. You just can't underwrite that. It just isn't going to happen. So you're not going to be able to get the loan. I said, well, what happens? They said they call the loan. I said, you got to be kidding me. How long will it take for them to call the loan? I said, 30 days. So when that starts happening, people are going to start selling with ferocity to get out of these deals with these adjustable rate mortgages, which, by the way, I'm going to remind you again today, I told you yesterday, I've been telling people for two years not to get in these adjustable rate mortgages. Now, some of these adjustable rate mortgages have uh, insurance on them. In other words, they've insured that the interest rates might go up, and if so, they have the ability uh, to adjust to that without it being a problem. But the problem is that most of the interest rates right now are higher than even those insurance policies were to protect people from that situation. So they're still in trouble. And used to be when you'd come to the end of a loan, this is another issue they talked about yesterday in the meeting, when you'd come to the end of a loan, say you had a 311, which means you had three years fixed rate, and then you had two one-year adjustable rate periods that you could just click into. And if the rates have gone up, the bank's protected by, okay, you can click in for one more year, but the rate's going up, and you would just, you know, come back and renegotiate that rate and give them their $25,000 for the, uh, the to pick up the option on the rate increase and go into it. Now they're underwriting those deals. Before they weren't under it. So, yeah, you can have the extra. We'll go ahead. We liked the loan before. We'll go ahead and uh, click the interest rate up on you a little bit and keep going. No, now they're underwriting those. So you sometimes can't even take advantage of something you contractually already agreed to, which was the ability to buy a second or third year on the loan. Now, why am I telling you all this? Because people are going to get whacked by this, and no one wants to admit it yet. The mortgage companies don't want to admit they're, ma- they're whacking people. They don't want to agree to that. In fact, it's so bad that I found out the other day from my legal team that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are not even going after people for the difference. In other words, the the 
we call it the bad boy carve-outs. When, when a guy does something that's really wrong, he does not manage his business in the correct fashion, takes money out of the company, destroys the company, whatever, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac both have the right in their deals to go after the uh, syndicator that put the deal together and hit him both personally, financially, and maybe even criminally if he's doing criminal stuff. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are not doing that, which makes real estate even way way more risky than it had in the past. Because now, if they're not even following up on their contractual agreements, they pretty much realize this stuff's going down. they got to get it off their books. They're going to let it go, just let it pass. Let's try to be quiet about it, sweep it under the rug, and not let everybody in this country know that we've wrote billions of dollars of bad loans. That I could see, myself, Del Walmsley, I could see were bad. Over the last two years, they were bad loans. But if they don't write loans, loan brokers don't make commissions. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac don't make profits. And real estate brokers don't sell real estate and they don't make commissions. So everybody is in this thing together. Do you understand that? All of those people are in this together, colluding, might add, to make you buy deals that don't make sense. And they're not going to tell you any of that. The mortgage companies aren't going to tell you that the brokers aren't going to tell you. The sellers aren't going to tell you. No one's going to tell you that these deals don't make sense right from day one. Right? And I am. And I've been telling you that for two years. Now what I'm saying is, look, now that the chicken has come home to roost, or the roosters come home to roost, whatever it is, hey, you got to live with what you got. But for us that didn't fall for all that, we're going to have a great time. Take a short break, come back, follow up on some more of this. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Not because that's the way it's set up, but because of the knowledge. When put into action, knowledge is power. At Lifestyles Unlimited, we empower you to live the lifestyle of your dreams through passive real estate income. For over 30 years, our successful members have shared their knowledge through case studies, classes, and mentoring. Tap into that knowledge. Attend a free workshop online. Register now at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we're talking about how interest rate increases are going to impact multifamily investing. So far, we've talked about what the interest rates are doing to the multifamily investing. Let's talk about what they're going to do to the economy. As these interest rate increases continue, um, they're going to start taking wax at businesses, both the apartments, the industry, multifamily industry, single-family industry, and other industries, such that people are going to start being laid off. Businesses have already started it. Uh, Forbes did a research uh, article. They said 53% of everybody they interviewed said that they intend on laying some people off within the next uh, 60, 90 days. 
So there it is. The recession has started. And it's funny because um, the Dems have got this big model. They're all screaming at the top of the hill, uh, led by Biden, that, well, you can't be a recession because there's great unemployment. Well, there's not going to be great unemployment for much longer. They're going to start creating unemployment. So as that occurs, then people can't afford to buy. Now, that's going to create some additional problems. What are the additional problems? Well, people can't buy houses. People can't pay for cars. People can't pay for this. The economy is going to slow down. And as the economy slows down, there should be some ramifications that all costs of whatever kind should slow down also. That is the idea behind increasing the interest rates. It's just whack the economy hard. Hit it. Bang it with a baseball bat and make it slow down. That's the idea the Fed's trying to go with, right? As they do that, though, you have to figure out where is that going to affect you? One of the questions that came up was, you know, can you guys underwrite to this? And my point is, I don't think anybody can underwrite to it until you understand where it's going. I understand where it's going. I see the negative in things. I'm a contrarian by nature, and I always see the worst-case scenario. And the worst-case scenario is, uh, if you're underwriting a deal thinking that you're going to have rent increases like we've had over the last five years, you're wrong. We'll be lucky just to maintain our rents, let alone rent increases. We might even have to come off our rents a little bit if all of a sudden there's vacancy because people can't afford to pay rent because people don't have jobs. And if that occurs, in my case, I will be able to withstand those that vacancy increase because I'm set up financially in my deal such that I can lose a few points of profitability and still be effective. Other people... We're counting on increasing rents even to get to profitability. In other words, they're buying property so expensive, they're starting in non-profitability. And they're expecting rent increases to get them to profitability. This is insane. But at the moment that they did it, it was what the brokers were saying and the mortgage companies were saying. Fannie, Freddie, and all the commercial brokers were agreeing. That's how you underwrite these deals. It's called underwriting them on the come. What is that? What is going to come is the term, on the come. What is going to come in the future here is what we're going to underwrite this for. And I've never written on the come. I've always written in historical. Show me what you've done, and hey, if I can figure out how to make it do better, then that should be my profit, not yours. But what the sellers are wanting you to do, what the brokers are wanting you to do so they can get the listing from the sellers, what the mortgage companies want you to do so they can get you the financing for these deals, is everybody is colluded into believing that we can buy things on the come, what they'll be worth in the future, not what they're worth the day I buy them. All those deals, my friends, are going to have challenges. Some of them are going to get whacked because they have no margins. There's just no way they can sustain the fact that they didn't make it to the point of profitability, and they're going to go down. And so when this guy's asking me, hey, Dell, what about all this stuff? Can we, you know, expect that you're under, that your um, syndicators, which we call lead investors at our group, can actually figure this out? The answer is, I don't think so. Because I don't think anybody figures it out until the world starts admitting that this thing's going down the tubes. Which means if you're a Democrat, you have no way of admitting it's going to go down the tubes. Because psychologically, emotionally, 
everything your party is doing is right. Right? It's equitable. Whatever that term means, equitable. What is equitable is that now, instead of some of you being broke and the rest of us being rich, more of you are going to be broke. That's equitable. If we take everybody down with us, that's pretty fair. Now we're all broke instead of just me. I want everybody broke. And that's the way the Democrats have set this thing up. They want everybody broke. And they've, they're going to do it. And that's what I'm seeing now. So how can you expect anybody that has that mentality that even if we weren't as a country voting the Democrats out 75 to 25, in other words, leaving the 25 percent of just wackos that are, are just lunatic socialists or lunatic communists. If you just take out those 25 percent of just lunatics, the rest of the people in this country should vote them out 75 to 25 in 10 seconds. But the fact that it's close, it's still 50-50, means that the 50 percent of the country has no idea what these guys are doing to them. Now, to me, I just sit back and go, I don't care. Because I'm a libertarian. I don't care if the Democrats win or Democrats lose. Democrats win, they destroy the country. And we pick up the pieces to make money. The Republicans win. The country does great. Everything we own goes up in value, and we get wealthier. So it's win-win for me. It's win-win for all intelligent investors. You can make money in up markets and down markets if you're intelligent. But if you are dogmatic, if you believe what the Democrats believe or believe what the Republicans believe, if you're dogmatic, you're going to get killed. So when someone writes me an email and says, do you think your guys can uh, are smart enough to change their underwriting? I don't think it has anything to do with smart enough. I think it has to do with what do you believe in life? Do you actually believe the country could go into a spiral? I mean, he's, they're talking, this guy that wrote me this article is talking about, well, you, you know, do you have the right underwriting uh, principles or right underwriting facts? And can they underwrite to the new set of, you know, rules? There are no new rules. There are no new facts. It's all uncharted territory at this point. We're going to get whacked. And either you're sitting here in low water on a high, 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 well-built foundation building. Or you're out there in the deep water with a low foundation where, where things get flooded. You're going to get whacked. That's all there is to it. So you might as well start crying now. In fact, the article says, what are five things you can do to try to avoid this, which I will cover. But you have to first understand you can't underwrite for what's going to happen over the next two to three years if you don't understand total devastation of the economy. It's going down. And I know you don't want to believe that. Oh, you're just, you're just spouting off at the mouth, blah, blah, blah. The regular economists, no, the regular economists that are on TV all work for the Democrats because the Democrats have control of TV and only their economists are out there talking. The other economists, they won't let them on TV. The people telling you the truth can't get on TV because the Democrats control almost every station. And the only one they don't, which is Fox, they got some incentives also to be careful about what they say. Because if they don't say the Republicans can fix it if you vote them in, then they can't get the Republicans voted in. I'm telling you, libertarian, 
You voted in the Republicans. They're going to talk a good story, but they ain't going to fix anything because they don't know how to fix it either. They're all just as dumb as the Democrats. But one group believes in abortion. The other group doesn't believe in abortion. One group believes in transgender. The other group doesn't believe in transgender. Look at the thing. One group believes in burning the cities down. The other group doesn't believe in burning the cities down. One group believes Trump is the the Antichrist. The other group thinks that Trump is Christ himself. Guys, none of that kind of thinking solves the problems that are economically brewing right now. The Fed knows. They see it. That's why they're all over it. In fact, they said they're going to, in November, probably raise interest rates again. Again, what is this going to do? It's going to throw us into a spiraling recession. How do you underwrite anything? Well, you can't underwrite it in historical facts because those facts will not be relevant. You can't underwrite it into just sustaining facts because they won't sustain. They're going to change. So the only way you can buy real estate right now is to realize that two things are in your favor. Number one, prices have to go down. And number two, you're going to buy it with a higher interest rate that can be changed at a future date. Today, we're discussing how these new higher interest rates are affecting multifamily investing. And as we went to break, I said I'd be back and finalize my thought process on this and why this could be one of the most impressive investment periods of your life. Number one, prices are going to be lower. They're not, that's not if, that's when, that's how far. Over the next couple of years, prices are going down, 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 down. And how deep, we don't know. Nobody could guess, but I would suggest probably a lot deeper than brokers would ever admit to. Next thing, high interest rates will eventually go away. I remember when I bought a bunch of properties at 12% interest, at 8% interest, at 9% and 10%, all those upper high double-digit interest rates, and then all of a sudden one day, boom, interest rates drop down to 6%. I go, my gosh. I bought all these properties, houses at 25000 apiece because interest rates were 12%, and all of a sudden interest rates dropped to 6 and those houses were worth over 100000 bucks a piece. Same thing happened to an apartment. If we're buying apartment complexes at interest rates that are 6 or 7 or 8, and then we you know, we pay a million dollars for that apartment complex or $10 million for that apartment complex, and all of a sudden interest rates drop back down to 3 or 4 And last but not least, the recession will eventually end. And when the recession eventually ends, you're owning assets that you bought at very low prices that are now worth a lot. Now I'm going to go to the emails that were sent to me, and then I'm going to come back to the Forbes article to finish up the the rest of the thing. The first article, guy mentions all these things that I've just mentioned you are going wrong, and he says, are your lead investors skillful enough to understand this and discount equity capture and price appreciation when looking at the new investments? The answer is I think they are, except that, like I said, they have no idea where it's going. And so they can't guess. They can't underwrite to what will actually happen because they don't know. So if they underwrite to what they think is going to happen and it's under, uh, if they're not guessing low enough, then you're going to call them uh, as losers. You're going to say they don't know what they're doing. They have no skill. Well, if they listen to me, they're going to go really, really low. And then you're going to go, well, I can't invest with them because, you know, they're, they're not getting enough deals or there's not enough skill. In other words, I can't make you happy with that question. The next question you have is, are the next five years going to be tougher than the last five years because of current interest rates and the Federal Reserve pushing hard on cost of money? My answer is simple. No, they're going to be easier for me 
They're going to be harder for people that don't know what they're doing and are out there just buying because the market's going up. Something for nothing, instantaneously, gratificationally diseased appreciation fools are going to get killed. But for me, the buyer of equities at good prices, let's talk about, you know, Warren Buffett and Munger and their thoughts. If you buy like Warren Buffett, Munger and Del Wamsley, this is going to be a great time. Things are going to be much easier for us out there. And in the long run, we're going to end up wealthy, 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 where the rest of these guys get whacked. The next question was, I've seen you uh, LU adopt with various market changes over the past two decades, but my concern is how large asset management and private equity firms affect the market for individuals that are uh, in single and multifamily residential properties. Hey, don't worry about it. The bottom line is they're in the same boat we are. They're running into the same problems that we will, and there a lot of those guys are going to get whacked. The bottom line is that we're going to be there to pick those deals up as they start to lose these deals because they, they're going to have the same problems we're going to have. So don't worry about the big guys. In fact, in real estate investing and many other businesses like this, the small guy has the advantage over the big guy. We're nimble. We're going to make sure we buy stuff at the right price. They've got to have quotas. Think about the big, giant companies. They've got a guy that's a buyer. He gets paid to do nothing but buy. If they can't buy, that guy's got to go. They got guys that do nothing but sell. That guy's going to be busy selling. They got guys that do nothing but underwrite. There's nothing being bought. There's nothing being underwritten. The bottom line is these companies are going to take it in the teeth, and we don't need to worry about them. They're going to be gone. So we're going to finish this up real quick with it. It says here in the Forbes thing, five things you can do to try to prepare for this situation um, as a multifamily investor. And really, we've talked about all this, but it's really kind of crazy um, to think that you can actually undo yourself for this situation if you're already in it. But here's what they're saying for you that are thinking about the future. Number one, raise a lot of cash. Cash is king and exists for a reason. That's what I told you. I'm in cash, massive cash, and I'm ready to buy. Number two, move into fixed rated debt. That's what I've also told you. Everything I have is fixed rate debt, and I will continue to buy fixed rate debt. And I'll tell all of my investors to buy fixed rate debt. I've already been doing that for two years, and most of them haven't. So when a guy asks, will you people be smart enough? I guess the answer is no, they're not smart enough because they won't listen to me. Number three, tighten your underwriting criteria. Uh, that's always been controlled and manipulated by what the uh, the brokers would allow you to do, the sellers would allow you to do, and the mortgage companies would allow you to do. So you can under, you can tighten your underwriting criteria all you want, and the bottom line is you just won't get any deals. Well, that might be what you have to do is take no deals until they come around to your underwriting criteria. In other words, the market has to become a buyer's market instead of a seller's market before your underwriting criteria really means much to anybody. Number four, review leasing strategies. One of the best things operators can do is to write out uh, contradictions, ensuring property stays full with tenants and their rent on time. In other words, the bottom line is, if you're in this giant rent increase mode, you better think about that. You better look at it. You better start thinking about how do I keep my tenants? Uh, what kind of amenities do I need to update? What kind of things do I need to do? Not just to increase rents, but what do I do to keep tenants? That's going to be a completely different strategy. Uh, going into the future. And number five, be creative. What does it say? Extra income can solve many problems, so it's wise to be creative. For example, property owners could convert unused space to rentable storage units or lower tenant barriers. 
uh, entry offering waiver upfront security deposits, return monthly fees, added rent, et cetera. In other words, hey, it's time to get ready to start thinking. It's been just just scooting along, no-brainer for the last couple of years. Now it's time to change that, get back to doing it with aggression, get back to thinking it through, think, get back to uh, coming up with ways to make things happen other than just waiting for things to happen. It's that time. And remember, if you do all that, then it won't be just the money. It'll be the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.